Next Chapter Podcasts. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. What's up, everybody? I want to tell you about a new series from Next Chapter Podcast called Play On. Let me ask you, when was the last time you read or even thought about Shakespeare? If it's me, it's every day. If you're not like me, it probably hasn't been since high school when some dusty old English teacher made you memorize some sonnets you could barely understand. But the truth is, Shakespeare's plays are full of all the murder, mayhem, lies, and intrigue that you've come to love from shows like Game of Thrones or Breaking Bad. I've never heard of either one of those shows. What channel are they on? Because I just read Shakespeare all day. So, what if there was a way to make these stories a little more modern and relevant to the world around us? Well, the good news is, Play On Podcasts are exactly that. Each series takes a classic work of Shakespeare and reimagines it in a unique time and place that puts the story in a whole new light, like a jazz-infused San Francisco for its translation of King Lear or the golden era of radio for the upcoming Twelfth Night. There's original music and sound design and language of the plays has been updated by award-winning playwrights so you don't have to bust out a dictionary when character drops a verily or forsooth. And speaking of characters, the cast is made up of some incredible stage and screen talent like the one and only Keith David from Platoon or Amy Brenneman from the movie Heat and the TV show Judging Amy. So check out Play On Podcast wherever you get your pods or go to ncpodcast.com to learn more. The 500 J.A.M. been walking us down through that 2012 edition So it ain't nothing to new Hundreds more to go and in need of a friend The king of these for Angelo Talking the 500 until the end Talking the 500 until the end With my man J.A.M. Talking the 500 until the end. Hey, baby, jump over here when you do the ooby dooby. I just gotta be near ooby dooby, 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 ooby 500 songs on this record. It's a compilation made in 1994 called the Sun Records Collection. Oh, it's a biggie. It's number 311. Oh, God. I can't believe I'm saying that. Number 311. 
311 is LA. Welcome to the 500 with Josh Adam Myers, guys. We're going through Rolling Stone Magazine's 2012 list uh, of 500 greatest albums. Did I already say 500? Who cares? We got a lot more time on this, so buckle your pantyhose. Hope everybody's doing well. I got some cool shit happening. June 24th and the 25th, I'm headlining the DC Improv in Washington, DC, my hometown. Come out to those shows. We're doing four of them. It's going to be packed, sold out to the gills. And then June 27th, I am doing uh, the goddamn comedy jam at the 930 Club. It's a very important show for me. It's my rock club where I've seen most of the music in my childhood. And I want you guys there. An incredible lineup. Steve Byrne, Jessica Curson, Rachel Feinstein, Donnell Rawlings, Tony Rock. Mayoral candidate, Red Grant. It's going to be a party. Cypher Sounds the DJ. It's an important show. I want everybody there. July 3rd, I'm doing a goddamn comedy jam at The Stand in New York City. And uh, most of July, I I think the second half, I'll be at Just for Laughs Montreal doing uh, the Nasty Show for like 10 shows with my buddy Big J Okerson and Yamanika, Sophie, Lisa, a lot of guests. Well, Sophie wasn't a guest yet, but she will eventually because she's cool. But uh, we want to see you there. So if you're in Canada and you're close to Montreal, come out and uh, do anything else. Oh, yeah. Follow me on all social media at Josh Adam Myers. Uh, my TikTok. It's crazy. I posted this one video about cocaine and, and the shit blew up. 45 billion streams. Billion. You think we should have some coffee? Yeah, Josh. Let's have a sip. Mmm, Caffeine. Um, we're going to keep this short because my vocal cords are fucked up. So what's next? Oh, joshadammyers.com for tickets. And uh, subscribe to the Patreon because if you pay $5 uh, a month, we will read your questions to each guest from the album of your choosing. As long as they're not crappy. Like, you know, what's better, jello or pudding? It's like we're talking about Lucinda Williams, bro. So subscribe, patreon.com backslash the 500 podcast. I think we're actually, we already are making about $120,000 a month from this. So you don't even need to, but is it a million? It's a million, million point five a month. So come on guys, join this army of fleeces and you'll get the free videos. We're also posting videos to our YouTube every Thursday, youtube.com backslash the 500 podcast. We're changing it. Uh, because I'm having a separate YouTube account made. It probably already is at this point. But uh, yeah, dude, youtube.com backslash the 500 podcast. Subscribe to that. All right, look who we're bringing back again. It's my good friend, Wayne Fetterman. He's going to talk to us about the Sun Records collection. I'm so excited. Anytime Wayne comes on, it's just an easy show. It's just fun. I, I really think him and I should do our own podcast together because I get along with him so well. If you don't know Wayne, I mean, he's a, a, a legend in comedy. Uh, Larry Sanders' show, Curb Your Enthusiasm. Um, he was a former head monologue writer for Jimmy Fallon. Uh, he is one of the producers of the new documentary, George Carlin's American Dream. And he's got an incredible book called The History of Stand-Up from Mark Twain to Dave Chappelle. He's also one of my favorite people. And to have him on to talk about Sun Records, it was a... I mean, you should have seen some of the people that we were going after that I was like, they're not going to dig this. And then I was like, just get Wayne. Wayne's going to be on a lot more. When I can't think of a guest, I'm just bringing Wayne on. Cool? Hey, unless you're part of paying for the Patreon, I could give a fuck. 
rate, review, and most importantly, subscribe to the 500. Listen free on all platforms. Uh, it's everywhere, so subscribe. Follow me at Josh Adam Myers on all social media, uh, but you can also find me on Truth Social at Ashley Babbitt. <laughs> Never mind. Email the podcast at 500podcast at gmail.com. Go for tickets, joshadammyers.com. Follow the Facebook group run by Crazy Bad Back Evan. And for all things 500, go to the website, the500podcast.com. And with that being said, Sun Records Collection coming in at number 311. That is on you. The blood is on your hands, Adam Bernard. Bernard. Is it Bernard or Bernard? Bernard. I hate Bernard. The church I went to, there was also St. Bernard's, and they called me nuts when they would pronounce it that way. Adam Bernard. Sorry about the small delay there. Yeah. You want to know what was going what happened? on? Was it Memorial Not- Day weekend? <laughs> Festivities already happened? Everything. There's a party. I just came back from a barbecue. I'm, I'm five hot dogs in. I don't want to talk about Sun Records. I don't I want to talk about the war dead. <laughs> um, no, I here's what was going on. I was thinking about Memorial Day festivities. And, of course. And uh, I'm a little stoned because it's I have a lazy day. I woke up feeling weird today. First of all, I thought you were sober. No, I'm not. I, I don't drink, do coke, or do any like pills or anything like that. But I smoke pot, and I take mushrooms. So I've never said I don't pitch out there. I, that's not like my my mission. That statement. is your thing. I keep reading. <laughs> it was like five years today, clean and sober. No, no I never check all these of them. Anniversaries. Check, these anniversaries. Check, You've never said an anniversary. Yes, yes, I did. I said an anniversary, <laughs> but I'm going to show you right here. Here's my last anniversary. Here's a pic from my yeah, last right year of being an opiate addict. Bad skin yeah. bloated, bad skin bloated, and hanging yeah, out with Tom this. Arnold. This is brand new. I, I thought I was going to get a laugh on the Tom Arnold thing. Yesterday marks six years off of yeah. painkillers. I never once say sober. Love it. I can. God, the lawyer, the lawyer drug addict. I love it. Um, <laughs> I had no idea. I had no idea. So I. I mean, I have seen you vaping. So, but I always thought that was just like straight up nicotine. It is most of the time. But I have doodle and I have scoodle. <laughs> Okay. Right. Are we going to be able to do this? We're going to do it. Do I like how we're. I, I like. I like what we're doing right here because I'm about I love to. Because okay. I'm going to say next thing. Promote away, and one thing that I think you should promote away, Mr. Fetterman, yeah. is uh, the incredible documentary that I. I, I, right. lo- I loved it so much. I, I really because let's talk about we'll talk about. Is this it? Are we recording? We're in it. We've been in it since the beginning. We've been in it. I this is it. all part uh, of the show. This is this is the thing. It's like. We can let this I, one I breathe. Understand. This one, this is. There's 45 artists. <laughs> there's, yeah, this is stupid. So, yeah. This album should be called 12 Bar Blues and then some. <laughs> uh, it made me think about the word uh, Jim Dandy a lot, which I don't. I'm, we're going to talk about the meaning of Jim Dandy. Don't give the answer now, now. Do you need my face on camera? Just you look great. Do you? No, I'm saying, do you need? Yeah, of course. I need to see that okay. you're, you're you vi- got it. Why are you you, <laughs> you, woke, you waking up from an opiate binge? <laughs> no, you can see my eyes are a little puffy. You no, know, what are you talking about? It's it's noon. Let's talk about the Carla thing real quick. All right. Because you, it seems like it's on your mind. Well, I, I just, you know what's so great about it is because, um, would you call Carlin like the Beatles of comedy? I wouldn't, but uh, it's that guy Steve Colbert, who hosts a late night show, does. 
I think 100% he, because he can't, I didn't realize he changed so much. And yeah. I didn't, and I, I just picked him up as my stuff is stuff. I didn't, I didn't even think, I never thought he really made a change between my stuff is stuff, your stuff is shit into what, what became, you know, in his later years. But until I really, I guess I got older, but I always looked at him like, be calling stuff stuff, his stuff stuff, and your stuff shit. That's, that's about the same as being like, you know, they hate women, plain and simple. They hate women. I could play Carlin in a doc in a in a in a movie. They're, I think they're trying to do that. By the way, they're trying to do a narrative film of him. So get ready, start learning, start with the hippy dippy weatherman, and end up with the um, kids fuck kids or whatever that last routine he did. <laughs> fuck kids, but that was great, man. I'm I'm really when I saw your name oh, in there. Thanks, man. I, I thanks for started. watching it. Come on. You're, you know what I love about you? You're everywhere. What? You're the, the Maharishi of all uh, comedy things. You know where I'm not? Where aren't you? The improv this weekend. I can't get a spot. Can't get a spot. <laughs> <laughs> Do you want me to call somebody? Guess what? Guess what? Uh, I know you think I'm everywhere, but guess what? Can't get a spot. Just have a week. Have a weekend. Do it. Go see uh, Top Gun Part 2. I, I want to. I want to. Yes. Maverick. Isn't it called Maverick? It's called Maverick because it's getting great reviews. Ah, love it. And uh, yeah, uh, my friend Bashir is in that movie. We used to write together on Late Night with Jimmy Fallon. He's now an actor. Really? Yeah, zoomed right past me. Incredible. <laughs> Incredible. I'm kidding. No, he's really talented, dude. <laughs> so you're going to see that when you see him flying like an F-15? I don't know what he, I think like, he plays. You motherfucker. Motherfucker Bashir. <laughs> No, I'm so excited. Johnny Ham is in it. It's so good. Oh, good. Are you friends with everybody? You're friends with everybody. Not not everyone. You'd be surprised. Some people, before we get into this, some people don't hook into me and my my whole thing. Really? Some people. I know. I don't want to get into it because it's too upsetting for oh. me. But there are people that are just like, fuck that guy. Nobody important. Nobody. Yeah, yeah, yeah. that's the thing. It's just bullshit people. No, no, it is. Some, it's interesting. It's interesting. You're like, you, you have Scorsese hates me. <laughs> uh, Coppola. Uh, right. Bogdanovich couldn't stand right. me. Yeah, deleted <laughs> my phone number from his cell phone. <laughs> well, Peter he, Bogdanovich. Well, who won that battle? He's dead. <laughs> He's dead now. Is everybody that's on this record dead? No. Oh, good question. Probably. Charlie Rich is dead. I don't know about Frank Foss. I'm literally, I'm looking down the- I, I'll the, bet Jackie Brenston. Okay. All right, here we go. Here we go. Here we go. Here we go. Sleepy John Estes. I'm going <laughs> to click on his name. Alive or dead? I think all of those early. Anything oh, from the first- dead. All right. Adam says Anything dead. from the- There's three, right. There's three CDs on this, believe it or not. And that's the way it was packaged back then. And that first CD, I can't imagine anyone could be alive from that. Here we go. Sleepy John Estes died in- When did he die? I'm not even going to look yet. What year? Let's do that because we're going to- Okay. What year did he die? I'm going to say 80s. 80s? Uh, Adam? I'm going to say he got into the 90s and we'll say 91. 91? All right. I'm going to say, I'm going to go with a strong 87. Okay. I don't know what it is. 77. 70, all, of, all of us are off. Because he was born uh, January 25th, 1899 or, 19, or 1900. He was born so long ago, they have no fucking idea what year. Well, it's interesting. That's actually a pretty long life. That's a 77-year life. 
or so mm-hmm. uh, for sleep. I guess he got a lot of sleep. <laughs> that, that helps, you know. Um, <laughs> that's what they say. It's very important you get those eight hours. Am I wrong? No, 100%. Not... All right, here we go. Malcolm Yel- okay, gonna... Malcolm Yelvington. Uh, this he drew, he did the song "Drinking Wine." Spoo-D-O-D, Alive or Dead. I'm going to do one more after this. Here we go. Boom. Okay. I didn't see it. Alive or Dead? Definitely Dead. Definitely any of those guys are dead. I feel like the he's the second second or third disc. All right. Well, all right. What year no, did he die? No, he's the first disc. Oh, first fuck. Disc. All right. I shouldn't have done that. What do you got? No. I can't guess because I just saw. Oh, okay. I'm going to say, again, I think all of these guys die in the 70s or 80s. So I'm going to say 79. Adam? We'll go 82. You both are so far off, dude. Malcolm Yelvington, who uh, part of the uh, Kielat Shalom congregation in Gaithersburg, Maryland. <laughs> Malcolm Yelvington, not a rockabilly star. We're talking about the the cantor at the, <laughs> okay. the synagogue. No, this guy died in, in February 21st, 2001. What? When was he born? He when was born, he born September 14th, 1918. He was 82. He this missed, missed 9-11, saw the Challenger. Yeah, a lot of these guys died like in their late 30s and 40s. That's incredible. That's great. And we'll do one more. We'll do one more. Yes, I love these names. These names are incredible. All right, here we go. Carl Mann did Mona Lisa. Boom. Yes. All right, here we go. Carl Mann. Is he... I just saw that he died. I, I, I know. I listened to this was one, one of the tracks I listened to because I knew the Nat King Cole, or as I like to call him, Nat Cole version. Why do you leave off King? I, that's the way the jazz guys always called him. Whenever I heard him referred to in the jazz circuit, they're like, yeah, Nat King Cole and his Route 66 is just off the charts. Like That Nat so, Cole, um, baby, he got a sound. Yeah, Nat Cole. Nat Cole, yeah, they would always call him Nat Cole. Here we go. What year did Carl Richard Mann, American rockabilly singer and pianist, die? I'm going to go late. I'm going to go 92. God, you're so off, Adam. 89. 89, he died in 2020. December 16th. What? Yeah, dude. Rockabilly wow. star. Who out there? Yes, we're out there, everyone. I'm Hal Schwartz. And I'm Flynn McClain. Together, we host None But the Brave, a podcast dedicated to the music and career of Bruce Springsteen. Bruce and E Street Band are on tour right now for the first time in six years, and we're taking a detailed look at what's happening on stage in our bi-weekly episodes. We've also been recently joined by some very exciting guests, including rock journalist, Warren Zanes and Stephen Hyden, Backstreet's Magazine founder Charles Cross, and Barstool's Kirk Menahan. If you're a diehard Springsteen fan, this is the show for you. So please subscribe to Nimba the Brave on your favorite podcasting platform, and we hope to see you further on up the road. Thank you so much! We'll be seeing you! Welcome to us talking about our podcast for a minute. What's the name of that podcast? That's Axe to Grind, uh, and right now you're going to be getting a little little taste of it, right down to the shaky microphone and all. <laughs> and my name's Bob. And my name's Patrick, and usually we're joined by Tom. Tom's the best. Tom has a real grown-up job that requires him to be at work, but we talk about decidedly not-so-grown-up things like... Hardcore music and things that people that like hardcore music tend to like. So that could be the latest shows, uh revisiting classic material talking about the new classics um all the little dorm room nonsense that you imagine from a niche music podcast that that you either love want to love or hate yeah imagine all the emotions that you have towards a genre that that uh has impacted your life uh and then condense them down to an hour to two hours a week 
So triangulate your speakers. Think about jumping off the bed, singing along, dancing like an idiot, and listen to Axe to Grind podcast. So, okay. I, I asked you this to do the record because one, yeah. I love you. You know I love you, Fetty Wap. Yes, I don't I do. there's anybody I love more than you. I was talking to Avery Pearson about how much I love you. And I, you. I honestly think you and I should start a, a podcast together. After that, after that doo-wop of a beginning, <laughs> that this has gotta be was, the marijuana talk. That was great balls <laughs> of fire. That was raunchy. That was Mona Lisa. That was high school confidential. And down by the river side. Dude, we were a whole lot of shaking going on. <laughs> I'm really looking funny. at the list right now. It's not like... <laughs> I could also tell you about the Ubanji stomp. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> the Ubanji okay. stomp. I, but I thought of you because you're just such a music historian. You know so much stuff. You know what's funny? Emily, the booker, the first person she reached out to before we even talked about who I was thinking about putting in, to Andrew Schultz. I was like, you just want to hear Million Dollar Quartet? <laughs> Andrew, what are your thoughts on Roy Orbison? <laughs> okay, can I make a quick disclaimer before we still get into this? Go ahead. And it's, it has nothing to do with you. It's I have a beef with Rolling Stone putting this box set mm. on their list of their top 500 albums. Because I don't feel like it's an album. It's a compilation that spans many years. And it's three CDs. There's 74 tracks. And in my opinion, not a, can't even be compared to a record. It would be like putting the Beatles Red album or something like that on there. It's just stupid. And I'm upset. And I just wanted to get that. Again, I love so much of this music. I'm ready to talk about it. But overall, I just want to say that. How do you respond? I can't agree with you more. I don't think this should be on there. I don't think any greatest hit should be on. Uh, this isn't even a greatest hits. This is multiple artists. Yeah, this is compilation. This is, but yeah. But in fairness to yes. this, this is a homage to this historic. <laughs> oh studio. no, studio. Okay, yeah. I, so it's an important record. It's not. And, it's, and I think, look, I think, like, as an individual. Joe yeah. Hill Lewis isn't going to get a record or, you know, to hear that great song, got to yep. let you go. But because mm -hmm. we're spanning the entire history of which I, I mean, dude, when I, I, I put this on blindly, didn't look at the track listing. And oh. I was like, I'm just going to listen. I had a flight and I was like, the flight is over two hours. It's about mm -hmm. two and a half hours. I'll start it at the beginning of the flight and I'll, and I'll finish all the way through. And I got all the way, almost all the way through it on the flight. And then I got off and I, and I continued to listen to it. It starts taking you on a journey. I think it takes you on a journey on where rock and roll was going to go, where it started. No question. Yeah, I mean, no question. This is about this guy, Sam Phillips and his son recording studio. Okay. Let me pull originally up originally called the Memphis recording something. We can talk about it. You know what Sun Records is. It's I this don't. Guy. It's this guy, Sam Phillips, okay. who had a dream. He was a very skittish kind of guy. Okay. And he had a dream of taking this music that he was listening to in Memphis, Beale Street, the thing, this mainly black music, and like there's a way to make this popular all across the country because there's so much happening, and you can hear it in disc one. There's blues. There's gospel. There's straight up country. And so he merges all of these and creates rock and roll according to him. But there's other strains of rock and roll happening in other places in the United States. I just want to say that I don't want to give Sam Phillips credit for everything, but 
And then, of course, he finds Elvis. So it's an incredible story. Wait, is is he the guy that, that Tom Hanks plays in the movie that's coming out? No, Tom Hanks plays Elvis's manager, a guy by the name of uh, Colonel Tom Parker. And that's uh, so this Tom Parker had a big vision for just Elvis. Don't forget Elvis. There's like five Elvis tracks here. All of them are great. But Sam Phillips, because he was like a mom, this was a mom and pop, basically a pop organization. He was in debt for all this equipment he was buying and uh, these he was getting sued by other record labels. It's a long story, not important. So he sold Elvis's contract to RCA. So RCA is where it puts out the first big Elvis record album. Yeah. Mm-hmm. He only put out Elvis singles back in the day. Oh. So, but anyway, he's the one that discovered Elvis. Elvis came into this recording studio, Sun Record, and their motto was, we will record anyone, anywhere, anytime. <laughs> okay? Or we'll record anything, anywhere, anytime. There's so a, they- there's, I got to cut you off because there's a Big J Okerson found this one girl on Twitter that's yeah. like, and it's because it's you know, there's like straight porn on Twitter. And, and oh, there is? It, oh my God. It's, it's, there's no rules on Twitter. But this woman in her, in her OnlyFans page and on Twitter is like, I will fuck anybody. And she films <laughs> it. And she lets these guys fuck her. And I mean, anybody. Old dudes. There was a dude that was fucking her. He was missing one arm and his other arm was in a cast. Like, it's crazy. So much like, that girl, that girl is the Sam <laughs> Phillips. So he, pornography. So he, gets, he gets this, and every time he keeps upgrading his recording equipment, which is another incredible story about this period in America, where little recording studios in Pennsylvania, in Philadelphia, in Detroit, we've heard of Motown, are now able to afford equipment that was only really in L.A. and New York and Nashville. Okay. So you get it, right? So yeah, it's of course. Like, it's uh, democratizing uh, music. So Elvis, he had a thing like, hey, pay a couple dollars, three dollars or something. We'll make a record right there for you, right here in Sun. So Elvis came in there, sang My Happiness and some other song. And it wasn't Sam was not enamored with him. But guess who was? The secretary. Oh, the secretary. The girl, oh. The she was like, this guy is, he's got something. Sam's like, are you sure? Because, you know, he's listening to Howlin' Wolf and B.B. King and all of these guys. And then she brought him back for that session. And then the rest is history. But yeah. it's kind of an interesting story. So that's where it's Elvis starts. And, you know. So Elvis really is just, if he doesn't look the way he looks, he ain't doing shit. If he doesn't look the way he looks he, and he doesn't, he's not a white guy that sounds kind of black. That yeah. was sort of his thing. And then he, he just... Yeah. And he's the, by the way, Elvis is the opposite of the 10,000 hour rule. What do you, do you mean? know that thing? Yeah, of course. Do we you have to be great 10,000 hours. I think Malcolm Gladwell came up with it. Elvis was not in a band like that band. He recorded that song with was thrown together by Sam Phillips. It wasn't like, oh, he was doing gigs all over Georgia and Alabama thing for years. Nobody. No, he was like a truck driver who wanted to be a singer. And he did he did one recording and then that was it. No, no, no. He did the one recording of My Happiness, which was for his mom, and then they brought him back and teamed him up with Scotty Moore and this guy Bill Black on bass, and then they did this incredible recording there of That's All Right, Mama and Blue Moon in Kentucky, and then Mystery. All of those songs are on here. Ooh. And Baby, Let's Play House, and just basically kind of like kickstarted 
rock and roll. But well, he didn't invent it. He didn't invent it. Okay. But he definitely kickstarted it. And you know, all everything to me, Beatles wise, like comes from Elvis and all of Elvis. Stuff. I heard so much of the Beatles, like yeah. in the beginning. I just you could hear it. I I I was actually pretty. Um, you know, as this kept going, I, I loved mm-hmm. the evolution of stuff. Uh, I so I started like. Saving- Tell me what you okay. So let's start talking. What did, what struck your ear? Right. I I know all. I know a lot. No, of I songs. know. I so I'm yeah. just starting at the beginning. I started like pulling songs that I really really liked from from this. I gotta pull up my. Please leg. tell me you re- you pulled Rocket eighty eight. Please tell me. I don't. Is that towards the end? That's the second cut <laughs> on the album. I. That is to me. One of the most incredible things you recorded. Should I have pulled it? Now you make me think I don't know music. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, more than, I think more than anything else, Rocket 88. More than even Gotta Let You Go, that Joe Hill Lewis song, which is incredible. I The, the, fir- the first thing I pulled yeah. was, um, well, before, I just went through it before I started even saving all the tracks. I pulled End of the Road by Jerry Lee Lewis. Oh, wow. Yeah, that, okay. that was something that really stopped yeah, me. Yeah. I was like, "Ooh, I like this." But I think, I think the the first I started early with my kind of carrying on. A well, a heart good jerky and a scoodle doodle and a poodle toodle do. This is music made for this me to make fun of. This is why. This that's a perfect example. I can't believe you pulled it. That's Dougie Poindexter. He's like, obviously, that's a country song, right? Yeah. With a little bit of a maybe early kind of rockabilly in there because they have drums. Country music didn't have drums for years. Really? I guess, you know, it's funny that you say that because I, I don't remember any drums on any of the early Hank Williams stuff. Yeah, exactly. Is that your Hank Williams? That's what the, but that's the music. You know, we tell you something. People say they don't like country, and I'm like, you didn't listen to the good stuff. That's yeah, some of, of the good dude. I love jambalaya. Oh, oh. we got the... gold down on the bayou. I love that. That's one of the greatest ever. And that's what I heard that's here. Like... Looking at the track listing from all the stuff that kind of came early on it. It's but can I say this? Go. Can I interrupt for one second? Like that Sam Phillips is right in the middle of it. And he's recording Dougie Poindexter and this country song, a little bit pushed more than regular country. But he's he's like, he's hearing that. And at the same time, he's recording Howling Wolf and Jackie Barriston. And this guy, Joe, like as raunchy rhythm and blues, Beale Street, we live in the South. We're lucky we're to be alive, to, you know, doing the, these kind of songs. So it's a perp. He's at the perfect place at the perfect time. So he's, and that was a great, great choice. So he sees all these black guys and hears all these black guys killing it, but being black. And he sees these white guys coming in doing their herky jerky. Well, doodle scoodle boo. Well, doodle scoodle boo. Do doodle do. Which is, and then he's like, "Can I? How can I get these white guys to sing like these black guys? Is that what but he did?" But there's also an element of country music in rock and roll, for That's sure. What it is, it's so it's the it's literally it's a mashup, it's a hybrid. It's a, give me another. Lincoln Park and Jay Z doing that really shitty album yeah. in like 2004. Okay, that's yes, that yes, it's anything like that. It's like so he was the one that put all of these, and there's a gospel element as well. Yes, and by because he has the Southern Jubilee singers and all that, so so he pushes them all together, and 
kind of creates rock and roll. And unfortunately, there's a racial element to all of this. Oh, I can like, feel it. Oh, yeah. yeah, this yeah. Is, this and he is said the, it. This is the 50s, right? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And he says, it, he <laughs> you don't, says. You don't even have to say that. There's a racial <laughs> element when you say the night, talk about the 1950s. We assume. I just want to take a minute to let all the moms and dads out there know about a really cool show for kids from Small But Mighty Media and Next Chapter Podcast called 10 News. I can see how kids can kind of feel overwhelmed by the headlines and crazy stories from around the world that are constantly flooding social media feeds. If you have kids, you know they are sponges. They pick up on all the things we're all talking about. But hearing bits and pieces of grown-up conversations or the news isn't really enough to help them understand what's going on in the world around them. Each episode of the 10 News is 10 minutes long, going beyond the headlines, explaining current events, giving context with a dose of fun, jokes, and trivia. They also do interviews. They had the voice of Ash Ketchum from Pokemon, the original Mary Poppins herself, Julie Andrews, and a town hall with Dr. Anthony Fauci answering kids' questions. New episodes of the 10 News comes out every Tuesday and Thursday with extra episodes on Saturdays. Listen wherever you get your podcasts or visit the10news.com. And now, back to the podcast. All right, the next one I pulled out was Turn Around yes. by Carl Perkins. Here, let's get a little taste of this. Oh, wow. And the world looks down on you Turn around I'll be following Oh, God, I got a boner this year. I love that. I love that sound. I love you do. old... Oh, my God. You know what? This is the thing that tripped me out more than anything. Because I'm listening to Carl right. Perkins, and I'm always checking, and I'm like, ooh, I'm going to save this track. If you jump up, fucking i think it's like i mean it's deep into the record you find carl perkins again but not only do you yeah. find carl perkins he has changed well it's one for the money two for the show three to get ready now go cat go but don't you step on my blue suede shoes that's the same fucking guy yep Exactly what we were just talking about. He did it. He, he did what Sam Phillips. He was like, wanted him to. yeah, yeah. Yep. How much bigger? Because I don't know anything about. Uh, I was about to call him Kurt. <laughs> Kurt Warner. What's his name? Fuck. Uh, Carl Perkins. Yeah. What? Let me ask well, you something. Like, well, first of all, Elvis covers the song "Blue Suede Shoes" and has an even a bigger hit yeah. than he does. And he does it way better because the beginning doesn't. It doesn't. It's not weird. You know what I mean? The beginning is like, yeah, yeah, it's yeah, one yeah, for yeah. the money, kind of two for the show. And this one, it's like, it's one for the money. Wait seven seconds. <laughs> two for the show. Three to get ready. I was just letting you do it. <laughs> I know, I'm going to finish it. He's like, then he's like, all right, come back next week. And then they, everybody meets up at the same time next week to the day. <laughs> now go, cat, go, but don't you get a dinga dagger. Step up. <laughs> right, so... In a way, Carl Perkins is part of this incredible, what's, what's the word for it? This incredible group of performers that comes out of Sun Records. And he, I would say outside, you know, that song and his kind of guitar playing, his country picking guitar playing. Okay. Is a huge influence on a kid in Liverpool named John George Harrison. George, George Harrison. Harrison. Yep. And little George Harrison idolizes, idolizes Carl Perkins to the point of there's, you'll see this later today. You're going to, there's a video where they do a jam session together and 
he is just and Carl Parkins has got the wig on and uh, but Harrison is just looking at him with the biggest grin on his face the entire session. This was done maybe in the 80s or something. And so anyway, so that's this is again, this is the start of early Beatles stuff. So oh, yeah. and then and he covers a number of Carl Perkins songs. He, yes, he's very influential. May I would say mainly for that and that song "Blue Suede Shoes." But okay, when let's did keep he, going. When did he die? Oh, Carl Perkins. He was he made it into the two thousands. I say, Adam, ninety two. He died January nineteenth, twenty twenty five. He hasn't died yet, but he's but no, he's still alive. He's still, no, nineteen ninety eight. Oh, nineteen. Oh, he was sixty five. All right, so Carl Perkins, very important to George Harrison. That's what I'm just Yeah, and again, the Beatles cover Honey Don't. The Beatles cover Everybody's Trying to Be My Baby. Those are both Carl Perkins songs and are, are actually on this record. I love that sound. He, They all have, to me, it just sounds like I said, I already mentioned him, Hank Williams. It all sounds like Hank Williams to me, and man, right. I am here for every piece of it. Every single piece of that weird country, that slow... Oh, God, I love it. All right, here we uh, go. By the way, also, have you ever heard of something called the Million Dollar Quartet? Have you ever uh, even heard those words? Yeah, they're on this record, right? Do you know who those four guys are? No idea. Tell me. Well, one of them you just mentioned, Carl Perkins. Nice. The other, Johnny Cash. The other, Jerry Lee Lewis. And the fourth Elvis Presley. That's called the Million Dollar Court. There's a Broadway oh, show about them. And they did um they did the the church song, right? On this. They yeah, they did, did some guess. Yeah, they did some religious down stuff. Down by they, the riverside. Wow, that's million dollar quartet. But this is the thing, is they this was just a jam session. These are all sun recording artists that had moved on to other Johnny Cash, went to another record label. Uh, Jerry Lee Lewis, I think, went to, yes, went to another record label. So a lot of, unfortunately, of Sam's discoveries, Sam Phillips' discoveries, went on to different labels. I got to ask this. Do you know about any beef between the four of those guys? I don't. I just know that they, uh, I have no idea if Carl Perkins was happy that Elvis covered and eclipsed his version of Blue Suede Shoes or was like, hey, I'm getting a cut of every time this record's being played. Do it. Yeah. I'll, I'll have Judy Garland do it. I don't care. Yeah. So I, you know, I don't know if Carl Perkins wanted to be like the, a bigger star than Elvis. And that's a good question. I I, well, that's what what's funny is because everybody knows who Elvis is. There's a movie about to come out. It's going to make him even bigger, you know, because it looks, yeah. it looks incredible. But uh, Carl Perkins, 99.5% of the world has no fucking idea who Carl Perkins is anymore. I'm talking about all of, of the those world. people born, yes, and yes, I would say there was a time Carl Perkins was somebody, but but I I agree, he's not like Chuck Berry mm -mm. or Little Richard or any of these other all rock right, and roll. I got a question for you. This is this is totally off subject because we're we're getting older. I'm 42. I think you're yeah. 48. <laughs> in my 60s. You're Keep in your going. 60s. When you've ever been talking about so you ever been talking about somebody famous from your lifetime in front of somebody that's younger than you, and then they're like, "Wait, what is that?" And you're like, "How do you not know?" I know that. Of course. What's the one that's happened? No, but stuck one? out that you're just like, I can't believe. Is it? Has anybody ever said, "I don't know who the Beatles are"? There was a girl. Well, there's one. The day John Lennon got shot, I was in a play 
with, uh, so this is 1980. So I was in a play with this girl and she had never heard of John Lennon. She had heard of the Beatles, but she had never heard the name John Lennon. Okay. So that was bizarre. What? Yeah. So this isn't, so she was born in, yeah, yeah. So again, but the craziest thing that just happened, and it's more about comedy than music. You know, I teach this class at USC. Two of the kids in my stand-up history class had never heard of John Stewart. <laughs> I thought you were going to pull somebody else. I thought you were going to say Carlin. They're going to be like, okay. That I'd be like, all right. I mean. Had never heard of John. And then I thought about it. And, like, he's been off the air a long time. So if you're born, let's say you're born, most of these kids are born around 2001, 2002. That's crazy. Unless you were into politics, by the age of 12, he's off the air. Let that sink in. <laughs> Let it sink in. He's got the show on Apple TV now. I the know, problem. now he does. Now he, yes, because we started talking, and he just won the, uh, the Mark Twain Prize. But yeah, they're giving I those out. Like, you're getting one next year. Aren't you going to get one soon? <laughs> okay. So, but I don't know. So has that happened to you? Uh, Give me I mean, an example. I, I'm, it's, it always happens when somebody looks at my arm and they go, they go, who is that? I was like, oh, that's, that's Pee Wee Herman's bike. And they're oh, like, who's Pee Wee Herman? And yeah, I'm like, yeah. oh my God, how do you not know that? The, he was the children's guy that then masturbated, which by the way, <laughs> what are you supposed to do in a porno movie theater? He was probably the eighth guy, eighth guy in there masturbating. He was doing exactly what should have been going down in there. Why are they in there busting him? Did they bust the other guys? Especially if there were no other guys in there masturbating, because nobody's just sitting there watching a porno. They're all masturbating. So he's the only guy in there, and if he's masturbating and the only guy in there, then who cares? Can I say this? Can I push back on that a little bit? Go ahead. I mean, I'm old enough to have gone to pornography movies, to the theater. I never, I never... No, I did not take out my <laughs> my penis and start jerking off. You went? Did you go see Deep Throat when everybody saw it? It's produced by uh, by Sun Records. They yeah, should, <laughs> it's on the. I, I was in New York. I was in New York when that movie was like playing at that theater for years and years. But I didn't. I didn't see Deep Throat. There was one. It was like a parody of Westworld. I saw which was super. And just so you know, not everyone. I thought it was. I thought it was one of the biggest movies of all time deep throat yeah, yeah yeah it is it is i i just it it was already like an old movie by the time uh, okay. i got to New okay York. okay yeah. so the hype yeah, was yeah. gone all right where yeah. were we all right let's talk about this record so that was my carl perkins then yeah, so now you know about him he's part and of this, i love he's him he's a very important part of this story i think that i like the earlier stuff of carl perkins than i do the when he gets into the rockabilly but okay. the first rockabilly song that I actually plucked off that I really liked was Red Hot. My gal is red hot. Your gal ain't doodly squat. Yeah! My gal is red hot. Your gal ain't doodly squat. Well, she ain't got no money, but man, she's really got a lot. Your girl ain't doodly squat. I don't know if those are the words, but... Yeah, that is. That's exactly Your girl ain't... Oh, squad. really? Yep. God, they're speaking my language now. What's up, everybody? I am Finn McKenty, host of the Punk Rock NBA podcast, part of the Sound Talent Media Podcast Network. My podcast is all about doing what you love for a living, and every week I sit down and talk to people who have done exactly that. For example, musicians like Tommy from Between the Buried Me, Matt from Periphery, Lil Lotus and Shinigami, among many others, photographers, artists, designers, YouTubers like Glenn Fricker and Sarah Dietschy, and I unpack exactly how they got to where they are today with the goal of helping you do the same. 
So if that sounds cool, you can listen and subscribe at soundtalentmedia.com and I'll see you there. Hello, everybody. I'm Bruce. And I'm Nolan. And this is the Corner of Gray Street Podcast. As longtime Dave Matthews Band fans, we set out to create a podcast to dive deep into the past, present, and future of DMB. Not only do we recap and review shows within an ongoing tour, but we revisit past shows from throughout the band's history, conduct interviews with a wide variety of guests with ties to DMB, and create unique and exclusive content like our Concerts on the Corner series. Whether you're a fan of the band or just a fan of great music, we think you'll find something you'll enjoy. We can't wait to see you on The Corner of Gray Street. Billy the Kid Emerson, you know about him? By the way, I'm looking him up. I think he's still alive. No. Yeah, right. 96 years old, born in 1925. He's living in Florida right now. <laughs> so he did he's, know diddly squat. Like, 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 I, I like those tax breaks. You like to shake and bake. He's, <laughs> yeah. I like that open carry. You not, no life down there is really scary. <laughs> he likes Confederate flags. I love Billy the Kid. He's still known as Billy the Kid Emerson at 96. That's incredible. White guy or black guy? Black guy. Wow. Yeah. Okay. Moved to Florida. Yeah. That's that. That was his big hit. Was Red Hot. But I liked it though. I really liked that one. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Again, next- what's cool is like you get to learn about these kind of guys. Well, if I have you on the show, once wow. again, you're the perfect guest. All I right. thought you were just the I'm, birds. I thought you were for the birds. No, you were thinking. You're thinking of the artworks, not the birds. Those are two different. Oh bands. yeah, yeah. <laughs> but you knew what I was talking about. All right. I knew you were talking. About. Next one I pulled. Next one I pulled was "Looking for My Baby" by Lil Milton. Give you a little taste. That's it's just now now but this isn't this isn't red hot. This is a different this is this is like slow blues. Just pure Mississippi blues, right? Yeah, yeah. little by yeah. little Milton. Yeah, and just so you know, that sound, that Mississippi blues sound eventually migrated through Memphis up the Mississippi River all the way to Chicago and there was a famous recording company called Chess Records up there. That recorded all a lot of these guys. Hmm. So just I'm just want you to give me like a sense of like, oh, that's where you got to make a lot, you know, get a big record deal was up with Chess Records. I think this next one is my favorite song on this whole record. Oh my god! I think. Don't tell me yours, but I, I'm gonna give mine. I love this kind of music. It reminds me of a song. There was a song off of um, I don't even know. I used to DJ weddings, and I had these like super Sinatra esque Greek dudes that were like in their fifties but lived with their parents still and were mm-hmm. really religious. And one of the guys, Mike, and, and I like these guys a lot, but they had some you know different views on the world, and you had to sit there and take it. And one yeah. of them wrote a book about how evolution uh, was wrong. Yeah, and I mean they had a whole separate television network. With a, they put out like the glory of God and, and one guy dressed like Sinatra, but he was a younger one. He was probably like 40 something, but he went to the gym and wore a bunch of clothes. Like he wore like, like heavy sweats and a, oh, and a heavy, heavy sweats and, and a weight belt. And he just walked around with his arms like that. 
And he called, he's like, hey, Bubba, how you doing? All right, you're DJing the Shalowitz Bar Mitzvah. Do you need glow sticks and streamers? Grab your lights and go, baby. Like, he talked like that. But then he would also be like, say the N-word. <laughs> like, you'd be like, oh, you call black people schwarzes and colored. You're like, all right, dude. Like, it was crazy, dude. It was crazy. But they gave me this CD once. They made great old music CDs. And there was a song, and I'm going to look it up right now because I'm, I can't remember who sang it. Um, Wheel of Fortune by K-Star. Have you ever heard that? I know K-Star. I don't know that recording, but if that's a fifth, got to be a 1950s recording, K-Star, right? Maybe early 60s. I, I that's I love that and so then I'm listening to this record and then this song came on and I was like I think I have one of my new favorite songs and it is sitting by my window by the five Tinos I'm pretty sure this is it as I said I mean, I, we got We can't play it all for time, but it's like this was another part of the jambalaya pie. I know you like that song, jambalaya, but jambalaya is a mix or a gumbo of a number of ingredients. And this was—I even forgot to talk about this is the duop. I think it was a little more of a New York, Philadelphia kind of thing, but maybe not. Whenever I think of duop, I always think of those guys by a garbage can that's on fire. Yeah, yeah, and I, I really think that I am a huge fan of. Doo-wop. I really need to listen to oh. more doo-wop. Would you say that K-Star song is doo-wop? No, no, no. That's a pop 50s song. But in that, the dun, 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 you know, that was a big 50s and early 60s trope was the 6-8 time. Yeah, that was underneath a lot of those songs. So, but wow. What a cool pick for that. Oh, I love man. It. I, I, I'm gonna, as soon as this thing's done, I'm going to put it on on my Sonos speakers and blare it. And let my oh, neighbors. Wait, you're about to have your mind blown by Rocket 88. Oh. That's all I can. That, when that happens, more than I can't. Let's keep going. Let, what else? Is <laughs> find on there? Where was I? All right. Then you start getting into the Carl Perkins that I really like. The Let the Jukebox Keep Playing. I found Defrost Your Heart by Charlie Feathers. Yes. Do you know him? I, I, I mean, I know of him. What, what do I know about Feathers? He was. Um, let me hear it. Let me hear it. Yeah, a little there bit. you go. Won't you please defrost your heart? Fill this trays with the love, sweet and warm. Melt the ice and snow away. Let the sun. He hits a note in that. He's like, Where you do ski do do. I love it. Yeah, well, this is all just inspired by, you know, the country music tree. You know, Hank Williams and all of those guys. I started picking, I, at that point, there was like Ooby Doobie by Roy Orbison. I did Red-Headed Woman by Sonny Burgess. I did the Down by the Riverside with Elvis. I, I just thought it was Elvis. I had no idea it was Carl Perkins, Jerry Lee Lewis. All right, let me ask you a question. Who could win in a fight? Elvis Presley, Carl Perkins, Jerry Lee Lewis, or Johnny Cash? God, that's a great one. I think it might be 
I think Jerry. Jerry dude. Yeah, little, he's the fucking madman. Yeah, he's, he's marrying his thirteen-year-old cousin and <laughs> just drinking. And I mean, his nickname was the Killer. So <laughs> that might. But I don't know, Johnny. Ka- I had, it's certainly not Elvis. <laughs> Elvis is a straight Elvis. bitch, dude. That's why he started doing that weird karate and jumpsuits. <laughs> I don't think it was Elvis. That's a great question. All right. Uh, I want everybody listening to the episode. If you're listening and you made it this far, Elvis, Jerry Lee Lewis, Carl Perkins, Johnny Cash. Who's the winner? Hashtag who's the winner? Million dollar quartet cage match to the death. I bet everybody's going to come back Jerry Lee Lewis. I don't know. I don't know much about Carl Perkins' early life. Pull up a picture of Carl Perkins. This picture on his Wikipedia page, he looks like... He looks pretty buff. Pull it up. He looks like the Native American from One Flew Over the Cuckoo's Nest. (laughs) (laughs) He's dressed up as Elvis on Halloween. Pull up. Pull up. Share the screens. I can't share mine. Everybody, go to Carl Perkins' Wikipedia page and tell me that doesn't look like the Native American from One Flew Over the Cuckoo's Nest (laughs) dressed up as Elvis on Halloween. There it is. There it is. (laughs) Look at the belt. Look at that belt. Look at the jawline. You. He's like, Jack Nicholson, you, uh, who are you dressing up as? I, I, Elvis. I'm going to get canceled because of that. <laughs> this could, I could, I could suddenly turn racist on this show and, and, <laughs> no, it, one would, and they, they, right. no one would even know. They'd be like, yeah, you know, he's not yeah. wrong. He's not wrong. Speaking the truth. <laughs> Speaking the truth. He knows his audience. <laughs> Everybody that listens to my show went to the January 6th. Freedom Convoy uh, <laughs> right. picnic. All right. Sonny Burgess, Elvis Presley. Then I got to Jerry Lee Lewis. And by that point, you could tell that he's a killer because, I mean, a whole lot of shaking going on is just a oh. just a powerhouse. Oh, ding, 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 ding. I mean, that's like just that riding keyboard. And you know what's even funnier, too, Wayne? I pulled up Red Hot again, but this time by Billy Lee Riley. By that point, I, I, was, I got back from the dog park and I was like, fuck, man, I got to do the podcast. So I listened to the record all the way through. Not that time. I listened to yeah. it as far as I could this day. And once I got halfway through a song, if it was a song that I knew, like I knew like a lot of the shit that I knew off this, I'm trying to pull up, there it is. Like Folsom Prison Blues. I didn't need to listen yes. to that again. I didn't need to listen to I Walk the Line or Get Rhythm. Because right. I knew right. all of these. I was interested in... The stuff that I didn't know. I mean, do you know "Baby Let's Play House" by Elvis? Do you know that one? I don't know that one. Is that on this? It's on there, but I know that's the record that young Jimmy Page listened to in England that made him want to be a rock and roll guitarist. That record in particular, not "Hound Dog," not "That's All Right, Mama," uh, uh, anything like that. It was that song. So. Just off the top, this record and this collection of artists probably influenced all the music of the 70s. Well, no, because there's also Motown influenced the records of the 70s. And also the records that came, the Phil Spector records that came out of Los Angeles. And also what they were doing, you know, in New York at Capitol Records and Nashville. So, but it is like kind of... And he always branded himself that Sam Phillips is the guy who kind of created rock and roll or discovered rock and roll or, you know, like the birth of rock and roll was right there. And you can make the case that it is, although I feel like the tree's roots are way wider than what was happening in Memphis at this studio at 706 Union Street in Memphis. But 
in the bigger picture, it's true. I mean, obviously, you're you're all these records you're playing all combine to create rock and roll, and then they all come out of that, and then suddenly the Beatles come, and no one cares about these band, and they all want to be, you know, from Nirvana, the drummer from Dave Grohl. Dave Grohl, he's like a Beatle fan. So now all of the influences of the Beatles don't matter as much as the Beatles. Does this make any sense at all? So now people are like, I don't know the Beatles, but I love the Foo Fighters. So I listen to them, and they're... I just love the never-ending story. I mean, so how does the story of Sam Phillips end? Like, where does it go? So he records all these people. You know, I'm looking at a fact right now uh, that he agreed to record Johnny Cash, but advised Johnny Cash to go home and sin, then come back with a song I can sell. Is that is that from the movie? There's a little bit of myth-making around Sam Phillips, but yeah, I mean, certainly Johnny Cash was singing a certain kind of song came into his studio and then uh, supposedly hold out Folsom Prism Blues. But by the way, if you're familiar with music at all, like I am, mm-hmm. there was a guy named Gordon Jenkins who used to arrange music for Frank Sinatra. He had a song called Crescent City Blues. Same exact song, different lyrics. If you ever want to pull that up, just blowing your mind a little bit. So Johnny Cash stole this, is that what you're saying? I think he eventually ended up having to pay Gordon Jenkins some money, but the basic idea of that song, no question. Well, pull it up. Have your... your uh, Adam? Adam? What do you think Adam's doing? He's got salamanders behind him. Look at that. What is in that Can tank? Can you play Crescent City Blues? Because you know Folsom Prison Blues, right? Yeah, let's hear this. Let's hear, uh, let's hear a little doodle of it. So we need both of them. Folsom, I need to hear both back to back. Hear the train a coming, it's rolling round the bend. And I ain't been kissed, Lord, since I don't know when. The boys in Crescent City. You yeah. can hear that song. Play it. Just now play Johnny, dude. I want to, I want to, I want to. Jo- it's a I different him, story. I want him to do Go it ahead. to my face, though. I want him to yeah. do it to my face. Let's do it. It's rolling around the bend And I ain't seen the sunshine since I don't know when I'm stuck in Folsom Prison Yeah, but look, there's no doubt that Johnny Cash made that whole thing way better and and the story is better. I mean, Crescent City Blues is about a girl who won't get kissed and guys are ignoring her. Folsom Prison Blues is about a guy who shot a guy and is sad every time he hears the whistle so it's definitely lyrically better but it's the same song yeah all right so so back to back to sammy sammy uh phillips that's really what this album this album's about about him is he in the rock and roll hall of fame uh adam he's got to be as a contributor he's got there's no way he is (laughs) there's just no possible way this didn't make the 2020 re-rank oh i wonder why because it's literally all white people (laughs) they were like (laughs) that's not true the beyonce is not voting this in she was one of the that's not true no i know let you go by Uh, joe hill lou bb king's on here yeah all right no here we go here we go here we go here we go Phillips was also an owner and operator of radio stations in Memphis, Alabama, and Florida, and was one of the early investors in the Holiday Inn chain. So anytime you're at the Holiday Inn, know that. <laughs> Apparently, he made a lot of money off of that, too. 
Well, I put the sign on my door saying no housekeeping coming. I'm jerking off watching pornos on that weird television again. I paid $18 to watch this girl eat cum. <laughs> and I'm going to order room service. Dear Lord, they don't have none. Holiday Inn. Doesn't have room service. Here we go. In 86, Phillips was part of the first group inducted into the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. There we are. Yeah, of course. Of course. And his pioneering contribution to the genre has been recognized by the Rockabilly Hall of Fame. He was the first non-performer inducted. He also received a Lifetime Achievement Award from the Grammys in 1991 and was inducted into the Blues Hall of Fame in 1998. He also was the big stake winner... At Texas Barbecue's oh, we ate 1974 Ribeye Throwdown. <laughs> no, so yeah, so basically this is the story of Sam Phillips, this record. It's incredible. I mean, it is just staggering yeah, really is. what happened at that little studio on Union Street in Memphis. He passed away due to respiratory failure in 2003. We should have asked. That, that's, that's the guy. That's what we should. Fuck, man. Can we go back in time and, and I'll guess no. when Sam Phillips died? Can I say, again, I don't think this belongs on the list. It's obviously not on the new list, but this was a blast listening to it. Again, when you leave after this, please check out Rocket 88, one of my favorite tunes ever recorded. He recorded it there and sold it to Chess Records. And Ike Turner's band is the backing band on it. So just get ready. Do you 1951. This is our Patreon question. I got to ask this. This is from Red1244. Is it fair to say Sam Phillips was kind of a proto Rick Rubin, someone who understood music in a profound way and was kind of a behind the scenes hit maker? I mean, it's interesting he brings up Rick Rubin because the last recordings of Johnny Cash were done with Rick Rubin, if I'm not mistaken. Yep. So, million dollar uh, team. What were they called million dollar <laughs> million dollar foundation? I think he's even bigger than Rick Rubin, but yes, no question. The way Rick Rubin took rock and added it to hip hop. I mean, you would be more an expert on Rick Rubin than I would. What did he do specifically that was so great besides the Beastie Boys? Grow the beard super long. Yeah, uh, and the going Beastie straight Boys. zen. I mean, listen, he created the California Queef Rock that is Red Hot Chili Peppers. What? He yeah. did that? He didn't create them, but he was the one that made them huge. Dude, the Red Hot Chili Peppers, if they don't meet Rick Rubin, we're not talking about them. Okay, okay. Outside, but I thought he was way more known for Beastie Boys. Beastie, and, yeah, and, but I mean, like. What's the look, name of that record? Was it Death Row Records or no? What was, what was Def it Jam. Not Def Jam. Yeah. Uh, Def American. He's Def the co founder of Def Jam Records. But Thank he, you. but no, but then, then, no, but then he split off and created Def American. Who were the first Def Jam artists other than the Beastie Boys that were huge? From uh, DMC, I think. Wow. Cool J. So yeah. it's all of that. Would you call that old school rap? I know we're way over time. I don't, we're not over time. I, did I get go as long as I want? I'm having fun. We, we try to do it Would you call that, just so I'm trying to learn, would you call that old school rap or is that, or do you got to go back to the 70s to cool Herc to call it old school? I think you could call anything from the 1980s old school now. It's the same okay, way you're going to okay, call, okay. you're going to call Nirvana classic rock now. It's okay, classic rock. Okay. It's over 30 years ago. So, yes, from Red, whatever his numbers were, I do agree with that, that Rick Rubin is a version of that. 
And by that, I mean a white guy who took black music and made a lot of money from it. <laughs> and found a white version of the group to be even more popular than I, the what, black guy. Why? It's like, this so is, I'm talking this about is, the Beastie Boys. No, I know, I know. Boys. Why is that the thing? You know what Tell that me. reminds me of? That reminds me of that white people. I say it on stage. I say like, because mm-hmm. I have a whole joke about how, you know, the, the white people can steal rock and roll and hip hop and do all this. But it's like when, when they got into reggae, that's where I draw the line. Because reggae <laughs> is made about like the hardships that these people have faced growing up in the, in like I mean, Jamaica, where there's violence and poverty and Haiti, where there's violence and poverty. And 99% of the people making uh, white reggae music are from Orange County. I don't think it overstates things to say that the Beatles were the greatest gift to entertainment and culture of our time, a secular religion, if you will, with their universal appeal and demonstrable impact on people's lives. I'm Robert Rodriguez, host of Something About the Beatles. With every episode, I speak with historians, musicians, artists, and Beatle witnesses, all in the service of fresh insights into the most joyous cultural entity the world has ever known. I hope you'll join me and listen to Something About the Beatles, now on Evergreen, and wherever you get your podcasts. Yeah, I think you're wrong about that. Let me do the pushback. Okay. Because I feel like the blues music that fucking Eric Clapton, there's no whiter person on the planet, or any of those guys, you know, the Rolling Stones and stuff, that blues music is from slavery and from black america and just i'm not saying this is bad as what happened in jamaica but it was pretty bad no, it's bad to black it's bad right yeah that's why it's called the blues it's like they're upset <laughs> right reggae doesn't mean you're upset but the blues means like i'm sad i'm sad i know but it's just i also hate white reggae music i love the blues you like white blues well i like white and black blues but i also okay. like black reggae I like my I like my coffee with some cream. I like my reggae straight black, baby. Are you like a Jimmy Cliff? Guy? Oh, Jimmy Cliff. Uh, who did I flip out about? They do that cover of uh, Country Road, Take Me Home. It was when I was still back. Oh, Toots and the Maytals. Oh, I don't know who that is. I don't know you don't know Toots and the Maytals? Sorry, wow. is this like a John Stewart moment? Nah, no, because, <laughs> you know. You love white reggae. I don't <laughs> like. I don't. I don't love reggae to begin with. So it's like uh, I know. I know. I know. I know. But I know Cliff. I know what's the other big guy. What was the other guy besides Marley? What was his name? Jimmy Cliff, uh, Bob Marley, Peter Tosh. That's it. That's it. Peter Tosh. All good stuff. I, I reggae is a, is such a. I get why white people like it because white people like having chill sessions. They like yeah, having yeah, a yeah. chill sesh. You know, it's like that, especially in California. It's like let's grill up some carne asada and like just chill, dude. What about that band from called No Doubt from Orange County? They do like what is that? That's called? ska, that's a, but that's a version of reggae, right? But that's or ska no? though. No, it's but it's also got punk in it. Oh, okay. So, it, yes, it's it's once again, it's Sam Phillips. It's taken, bacon, and shaken, and putting it in a cake in, and next thing you know, you've got yeah, ska. That's what I love about music. What are the other big ones? What are the other big skeeble and deeble in the catoodle? 
Well, let's see. I mean, it happens all the time. It's like like when uh, a tribe called Quest, they had jazz, jazz hip hop, hip hop, right? yeah. yeah, soul Aquarius. That's what I love about this country, man. I love the melting pot jambalaya. This is where it happens. Where we steal and combine and mush. Look, that's the great question. Are we appropriating or is this just, for example, obviously you can see in the way Mick Jagger is on stage that he saw Tina Turner when he was a teenager, right? You can see it. So is he appropriating what she created or is he just creating something new and... You know, it reminds me of that. It's funny that you say that. We're talking about great dancers. Yeah. Michael Jackson created uh-huh. a style and a whole thing that was all Michael Jackson and then Corey Feldman. <laughs> okay. You know, if you ever saw, I went to see Corey Feldman yeah. at the Whiskey A Go Go and I had Pink what? Eye. Did he have a band? He had a full band. It was one of the best concerts I'd ever been to. I'd been in the hospital all day because I had the worst case of Pink Eye the urgent care doctor had ever seen. I was in LA for the goddamn comedy jam. I think you might have gone. Now, but yeah, dude, we went to go see Corey Feldman and he does the Michael Jackson dance verbatim. He says he's creating his own and they kind of created it together. I don't believe him. Wasn't he one of the kids that used to hang out at the ranch with him? Yeah, but he got he never got diddled, though. Right. right. But you know who did? Corey Hain. Not by um, uh, by Michael Jackson, but by supposedly by Charlie Sheen. You don't know any of this Are stuff? Are breaking news here? What's no. <laughs> I mean, to some of our listeners, they're already probably queuing on. They're probably like, we know about this. All we want to hear is racism, Roy Orbison, ooba-dooba. We all know what that means. Okay, here we go. So I'm going to, this is a this is a very loaded question, these three, because there's so many tracks on here. But yeah. what is your favorite track from this compilation disc? Wow. I... It might be Mystery Train by Elvis. Mystery Train? I'm going with that song that I pulled out earlier. I I, I think that's going to be something that I listen to uh, forever. Sitting by my window by the five Tinos. All right, what song do you uh, you not like? What's your least favorite track from this record? Oh. Is, uh, that's so loaded wow. because you, it's there's so many songs. I don't know. There's You know what's fascinating we didn't talk about? It. There's a band on here called the Prisoners. Do you know about them? Mm-mm. They are incarcerated African-Americans that, again, he'll record anyone, anywhere, anytime. <laughs> so he goes to the prison to record these guys. Or maybe they came out and came to a studio. It doesn't matter. But he finds these guys in prison. And they're in for, like, manslaughter, manslaughter, murder, rape. Like, they're in. They're in there. And they have, like, these hit songs. And so, again, this is Sam Phillips. But my worst one... That is a good, I, you know, I wasn't even thinking it like that, but. They're in jail. They were jail guys. I think they, or yeah, they just yeah, recorded. They were jail guys. They, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's incredible. Again, Sam Phillips. I murdered okay. that woman. <laughs> I murdered that woman on a Tuesday okay. afternoon. I'm going to, I'm going to go my least favorite title for a song yeah, more than my, is got to be. Drinking Wine, Spo D.O.D. by Malcolm <laughs> yeah, Valgan. I think <laughs> you had a stroke while you were getting that out. I know, I know. <laughs> I, God, there's so many songs. But I don't even know what my least favorite is. I, I know, mean, I don't want to do a least favorite. I, I don't wait, we do got to. We got, I'm going to, I liked, you know what, I'll be honest. I, I didn't want to skip anything off of this. I really yeah. didn't. 
I really enjoyed this record. I This was a vibe. This was a fun way to walk around the Pittsburgh airport. Like, it really was. It really was. It made it fun. I can't tell you. Like, this is a record that people got to listen to. You got to listen to this record. I will go back to this and just put it on shuffle and just let it play. It deserves it. It deserves it. There's nothing that's bad on here. There's nothing that I would skip. They all have a sound. And that there's a reason why this is on the list. Because you combine all of these great songs together. Can I say one thing real quickly that I would love while you're listening on shuffle that you shuffle dance to each of these songs? I know you probably don't even know what that is, but look it up. It's on TikTok. You're going to love it. It's oh, yeah. It's, it's a shuffle with a foot thing. It's almost like yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's almost like uh, it's almost like river dancing. It's rave yeah, river yeah, dancing. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Kids love that. Dude, you, I know. I, lo- I love shuffle dancing. I, I love it. you love TikTok. Are you you're on TikTok looking at the kids shuffle dancing? No, no, but I, this is a weird thing. For some reason, TikTok stuff migrates over to my Facebook once in a while because I'm a 90 year old and <laughs> I see it on there. Are you, is that your number one Facebook? No, I don't like any of this stuff, but I, that's where I first saw it. And then I am on TikTok, but I haven't posted anything yet. How many followers do you think George Carlin would have on Instagram if he was alive? I don't know. I don't know because he probably would have said something that would have got him huge, huge backlash because he used to do jokes about why it's cool to use the N-word in comedy. Like yeah. That was one of his bits. So I don't know if that would fly. Oh, me. no, not anymore. But he would ch- But he would change. He would change with this time. Maybe. Do you think he would have been super woke? I don't, but he hated mobs. That's this is the If there's one thing to take away from this documentary that I did called George Collins American Dream is that he hated groups trying to control other groups. He hated it. Yeah. He's like, I love individuals, but once people get together, even a group of two, and they have a motto and a hat, and they don't want you to say things, he hated. He yeah. hated authority. He was anti-authority. So I think he would have been progressive because I think he was, but I think he would have hated the woke mob. That's my take, but I have no idea. So MAGA or MAGA, he would have hated MAGA. Yeah, I don't think he would have. Oh, well, that's a perfect example of the hat. I yeah. mean, he would have. God. But he also hates feminists. So who knows? Yeah. Um, and environmentalists, you know. So, like, again, <laughs> any of the groups. No groups. Um, no group. I don't even know if he would like the Love and Spoonful because they're a group. <laughs> <laughs> Joke. Did you pitch that to, to the boys? I bet you <laughs> no, did. No, no. That's a good no, one. No. All right, this is Thank the question you. that's going to make you so uncomfortable. Like, ask every oh, guest this. It. You ready? Yeah. What yeah. song on this record would you fuck to? Oh, my God. This is not my thing. All right. Okay. Okay. I'm, I'm looking through the list. I'm looking. This is it's certainly not. Well, I, 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 I mean, like, I'd be hanging out with a redheaded woman. She'd look at my dick, say, get rhythm. And then I'd pull it out and go, ube doobie, and then give her the ubangi stomp. <laughs> and then I, I usually like a little slower when I'm, I usually don't like, all right, here we go. Dude, Wait. this is so great. You could literally make a really funny, like, so, you know, so I'm walking the line. Then she says, <laughs> she says, let's get high. We'll go down by the riverside. I pull out some devil doll. <laughs> then a whole lot of shaking was going on. Going on. And then I said, then I said, girl, you are raunchy and red hot. And <laughs> and I'm loving up a storm. Then I jump right out of this jukebox. Hold on. <laughs> jump right out. And I'm like, so long, I'm gone. Oh man. I do have the answer. I do have the answer. It's what? the instrumental because lyrics tend to distract me. It's called raunchy. 
Oh, yeah. By Bill Justice. Yeah, yeah. By the way, again, a little Beatles trivia. What do you got? Raunchy was the song that George Harrison played for John Lennon to get into the band. God, I love you. Just come on every week. I don't know anything about hip hop. Is you know, who cares? Neither do I. But we go through this yeah. journey together. God, you are on, you are honorary guest of this show anytime. You. We, you should come on once a month. I'm serious. I, I'm just being thank serious. You, thank you. But that raunchy song you should listen. It's like a great little guitar song. He played it for John Lennon. Paul, you know, Paul knew him from school, and he's the youngest Beatle, so he's like whatever, fifteen, sixteen. And John was like, sure, yeah, he can get in the band. How great is that? It's Wrong so sheet, great. That song. I think you did originally by Sam Phil. I think you can fuck to this record. I bet you can. Yeah, yeah. No, Raunchy is good because it's it's easy. Dun, 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 no, I'm know, I'm yeah. saying in, the, in this whole record, you can you can fuck to this whole thing. I think this is a fuckable oh. record. I'm gonna give it. I'm gonna give it one erection up. Like it's all, dude. There's I don't know if I had to pick something, I would probably pick the song that I like. Yeah, you can fuck to Ooby Dooby. You can fuck to I Walk the Line. <laughs> you can fuck to let the jukebox keep playing. Yeah, man. Great balls of fire. All right. I don't know. The last question, should it always be like, does it deserve to be on this list? And I, I think, yeah. I mean, well, no, we know that as a group, it doesn't deserve to be on the list. Right. But it's incredible history lesson and a tribute to our buddy, rock and roll inaugural class inductee, Sam Phillips. Oh, Sammy Lammy. Promote away, Wayne. No, it's just that we've talked about it. It's the Carlin documentary. That's basically it. Um, do not and... go to the improv this weekend. No, go. <laughs> Do not. But, but I have to say, in all honesty, I feel like my stand-up career is taking on water. It's like there's a thing. I'm trying to plug it up. I got the bilge pump, but it's not looking good. Well, you've been doing it for 50 I know. Years? Look, there's going to be an end to it. There's going to be an end. So I don't know if it's – but I can kind of feel it. So it's all right. I'm a, You know I'm a happy-go-lucky guy. I don't, it's not like I'm crying over it. We it's got not him crying, crying, crying. <laughs> but you know what you what I love about you is you is you're always loving up a storm. Definitely. And, definitely. And and I and I don't think with your career you should put the head put no headphone on on your grave. Let's say that again. You got it. You need to right now in the position you're in, you need to jump right out this jukebox. If I was you, I'd start speaking to the high school confidential. Okay. You're just and just know that I am right stuff. behind you, baby. Because you are red hot. You're a devil doll. You're flying saucers, rock and roll. You're making this all. Don't act like this is the end of the road. You need to crazy arms, ubongi stomp these Dixie fried redheaded women. Give them a little ube dooby. I'm just reading the the, the, the names. I know. I love it. I love it. I love it. I love you. All right. We're done. Thank you, dude. This was great. Uh, Always. Anytime. Can we go out on Rocket 88 or is that impossible? Yeah. You've heard of jalopies, you've heard the noise they make, but let me introduce my new Rocket 88. Yes, it's straight, just one way. Everybody likes my Rocket 88. Baby, we'll ride in style, moving all along. What I tell you, what I tell you, not too shabby for an album that's number number 311. Johnny Quinn, Maury Rollins, Jason Moyer, the kids I grew up with. This episode's for you. Follow Wayne Fetterman on Twitter at Fetterman on Instagram at Insta Fetterman. And for all things Wayne, go to his website, WayneFetterman.com. 
Watch the new George Carlin documentary and get his book, The History of Stand-Up from Mark Twain to Dave Chappelle. All right, what do we got for new music? Harlem-born vocalist Shamika Copeland, daughter of Blues Hall of Famer Johnny Copeland, and you're listening to the song, I'm going to fuck this up, Clotilda's On Fire off Shamika's 2020 album, Uncivil War. Uh, and if you want to hear it, you can find the link, the500podcast.com. That's where everything is. And send us your song, guys. We want your music. We want to play it to everybody. We want to help launch you. So send the songs to 500podcast at gmail.com and just tell us what uh, album influenced you and we will play it. Next week, what do we got? Ooh. Under the Bridge, Red Hot Chili Peppers, Blood Sugar Sex Magic. Listen to it.
Tom May here, host of Future Friday. I've spent the last 15 years on the road with my band, The Menzingers, where I've met all kinds of wild and fascinating people. So I started a podcast. On Future Friday, I talked to fellow musicians about the moments that made them, their passions outside of music, and the curiosities that tie us all together. I've also talked to the likes of UFO researchers, magicians, soldiers, and documentary filmmakers, and I'm constantly searching for folks that can shape and change our view of the world. You can check out Future Friday wherever you like. Hey everyone, this is Tuck from Fit for a King in Off-Road Minivan. Every week I bring you fun interviews alongside your favorite metalcore entertainers with my new podcast, Get Tucked. Join me every Monday with bands like Counterparts, Crystal Lake, like Mods to Flames, and many more. We play unsigned and undiscovered bands, deep dive into each artist's history, and of course provide the greatest breakdowns in current metalcore. Tune in to Get Tucked every Monday, out now through Sound Talent Media. Next Chapter Podcasts.